Welcome everyone to Twins Tours Academy USA. We have with us a special guest today. His name is Rani Espanioli. Let me introduce him to you. He is the founder of Salam in the Holy Land. He focuses on Christian ministries serving as a bridge between North American churches to the Arab Christians community in the Holy Land. And actually, Rani originally is from Nazareth. Also, he focused on encouraging the Christian community of sharing the good news of Christ to Arabic-speaking people in the Holy Land. How he do this? He raised awareness about Arab Christians. He highlighted the Arab Christian community, equipped individuals and churches for serving alongside local Christian ministries in Israel. And he mobilizes this minority to be on mission with God reaching the Arab population with the gospel. And he do other many things. Rani, can you share with us more what you do, what's recent, what's happening with the ministry? Andre, thank you so much uh, for having me on your podcast. And it's really an honor to serve together so far and partnering uh, here stateside and as well in the land for many years so far. Um, so thank you for you, for Tony and for Twin Stores and for this partnership. Uh, Salam in the Holy Land, as you said, exists for three uh, E's, to educate, to equip, and to encourage uh, the local Arab Christian community to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the Arabic speakers uh, in the land, in the Holy Land, in Israel, Palestine. Uh, we've been doing this for a lot of uh, uh, time so far, and we've engaged in different uh, seminars, Andre, uh, here stateside, and different uh, trips, administrative trips in the Holy Land. I think the main aspect uh, and the main element that we try to focus as much as we can stateside in North America is to educate. Uh, a lot of people in here in North American churches, uh, they have different perceptions and different misconceptions and misunderstandings uh, regarding uh, what's going on in the land, regarding the conflict, regarding the people groups, specifically the Arabic speaker people, uh, Arabic speaking community in the land there or even in the Middle East. Uh, which is sometimes actually, Andre, uh, to be honest, in order to bring down different barriers and walls uh, regarding ignorance of what's going on over there, we have to go even pre-Islamic history to wow. educate people that Christianity and Arabic speakers as Christians, as a Christian community in the Middle East existed prior to Islam. To right. that extent that we go back forward uh, on the educational side of things in here in North America. Uh, and of course, we got we to gotta unpack the complexity of uh, the language, the complexity of the culture. You've been doing this really great with your seminars and your academy. We got to unpack the missional aspect of as well with the Arab Christian community, how to engage effectively the Arabic speakers. When I say Arabic speakers, uh, it's not just Arab Muslims. There are even Arab Christians with the, the complexity of the den denominations over there in the historical churches. And as well, there's Bedouins, there's uh, Druze, and there's Samaritans who speak Arabic as well. So th there's a lot of uh, context that we try to unpack on the educational side. And we've been doing this uh, throughout different uh, you know, uh, seminars and work workshops here stateside. And Ronnie, this is so much needed nowadays because of the conflict today and the news and people in the West here in the United States are so confused. What is the truth? They lack this education. So what do you do? Do you travel to their churches? What exactly do you do to educate them? 
Well, that what would what are the things that we've done after years of uh, putting together a lot of resources and materials? We'll put our book, uh, Sharing Hope in the Holy Land. Uh, and it's just a small missional guide, a study guide for every church leader, a pastor, a minister of the gospel, or a church member or a group that they want to go there. Uh, it's something that we recommended to, to to everyone to read, to go through. And through that, we um we just put together a, a seminar for a day or half a day tailored for the Arabic speakers. Uh, so if a church want to go there uh, and hit the ground to serve with the Arab churches there to serve, let's say, the Arab Druze community in the Golan Heights, uh, we come to their uh, doors, we come to their churches, and we equip them. Uh, we equip them on the worldview, who are the Druze, uh, what they speak, the languages, the cultural element. And we train them and we equip them. And even we connect them with ministries that they're doing the work there on the ground. So we establish that kind of a relational dynamic and that kind of partnership aspect stateside before the people hit the ground there. So we've I been see. doing this for a while and uh, we're looking forward to launch uh, Sharing Hope uh, in the Whole Land Seminar. And there's a lot of, as well, different workshops that we can focus specifically on different people groups there in the land. And I want to tell all the people listening that mission groups started to come to Israel. Twin Tours have a mission tour that's coming on March. And they are focused in Jerusalem to serve the local community and to stand with this is when we need you when there is war we need you to come to israel and here is ronnie can prepare you and if you hear us you want a to learn more about israel and the holy land and the arab christians just you can contact ronnie and he is very open to come and teach in the church you mentioned about resources you mentioned about a book where they can find this book and tell us more about it uh, sharing hope in the Holy Land is on Amazon. You can uh, find it right there uh, in different two, two copies. And as well, uh, the seminar is ready to be launched, and we can come and present it at your church, at your ministry, your Bible study, community group, uh, Sunday school class. Uh, specifically, as, as I said, it's going to be specifically tailored to Arabic speakers there. I think one of the important things, in, uh, of course, as you said, under the war is still going on there. And in the aftermath of the war, uh, a lot of churches so far in North America has, you know, came, they came to us and they came to me specifically. They want to know, as you said, the truth, you know, they want to know the dynamics, what's going on. Uh, and, and I think there are a lot of uh, elements that church leaders right now, they're picking up from the lessons from this war uh, that before they go back to the land, if it's with you twin stores, touring, just touring or even serving, they want to get it right right now. And I think uh, we have, as as Christians, myself from Nazareth and, you know, Andre from Jerusalem, all the way from there, from the land. And there's a lot of Palestinian Christians uh, right here in stateside. They're living here that we can come to your church, to your ministry, to your mission organization, and we can uh, unpack all of this dynamic and pull together all the resources, all the lessons learned so far and get it from a firsthand source. So when you compile all of these uh, elements, you'll be more effective on the land when you go work exactly. and serve alongside the local Christians. And that's something that we eager, we've been eager to do for a long time. And I think the, the local churches and the local pastors in the land there, Andre, and you probably heard that, they want to serve, they want to have people from abroad to come and serve in the right healthy dynamics in front of their people groups. 
Um, so I think lessons have been learned and still learn, we're still learning new lessons on a daily basis. But I think it's, it's about time to, to put them to, into practice here stateside before we go and visit in the land. So what do you think the shift was before the war and after the war? Why people now are more hungry to learn more about the Middle East? What is the difference now? I think, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, you're a tour guide. Uh, we talk about Archaeological Hill. Right. Uh, and, and you unpack it many times and you do that really well on site. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a lot of layers right now as are being exposed and a lot of things are being exposed that they were under the rubble of this conflict for years so far that people right now are eager to be aware what is the truth. I think this is, this is a key word. Mm. Everybody's trying to seek the truth. If it's uh, young pastors and young leaders, or if it's, uh, you know, veteran pastors and leaders been there for like 20 times. They want to. They want to know exactly, uh, and I'm. And I'm sad. And sadly, I'm saying that to what side we need to get onto. We, have we been on the right side, on the right track, for the sake of the gospel and kingdom advancement in the land there where it all began? I think, uh, and this is this is my personal opinion, uh, Andre. You you might you know tap on that as well. Yep. But I think pastors and leaders of North American churches right now. Uh, they are in a junction that they, they need to come to a point to decide, are we uh, effective? Are we helpful? Are we beneficial for the local body of Christ there, both Arab and Jews, right. Arab Jewish believers, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the advancement of the kingdom of God, for their own people groups, Arabic speakers and Hebrew speakers. I think this is the junction that the churches in, in the States in the aftermath of the war and what this war has exposed over there, uh, they have to do a lot of search. They have to do a lot of research. They have to do a lot, a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting in order to discern specifically how can we be affected even while thousands of miles away from the land, from the cradle of Christianity in order to benefit the local body of Christ to stand firm, to continue standing firm. At the end of the day, you and Tony, you mentioned that many times. You don't want tourists, you don't want groups to go back to the right. land right. and visit dead stones and shrines and monasteries that they're empty. You know? Yeah, right. It, and it just, yeah, you tell them your experience. And Ronnie, we are like right now, we need churches to act. We need churches to do something. Not only listening. Now it's the time to do something, to act, to reach these ministries like Salam in the Holy Land that are well connected with the indigenous believers in the land. Because Rani, many groups will come and they want to do their own agenda. And yeah. sadly, out of good intentions, they bring more damage to the Israel and to the Holy Land than connecting with local ministries like your ministry. So they need to act. They need to connect with local ministries. Why? Because when they connect with you, you connect with the body of Christ in the Holy Land. Tell us about, you, about your connections in the Holy Land. Um, so I'm so thankful that um, throughout these years, we've been over overseas in here in North America, uh, stateside. Uh, we, we continued the, the, the connections and the relationship with, with pastors and churches and ministries on the ground. Uh, if it's on the individual part of it and even being uh, involved with different 
uh, community, uh, virtual, of course, during COVID, it was virtual till today is actually because of the war is virtual. Uh, we're still connected. I'm still connected personally with a lot of, with a lot of houses and ministries, even, even to Gaza, even, even into the Gaza Strip, uh, to the Baptist uh, church there that got bombarded about a month ago. And uh, I'm still connected in different meetings with different leaders. So uh, for me personally, and even throughout the ministry, we're still having that dynamics uh, with a first-hand source on the ground from the local leaders, from the local churches. Uh, so I'm aware of the dynamics. I'm aware of what's going on. I'm aware of what's happening with, with the challenges, with the dilemma that churches are facing right now. I'm talking about the Arab Christian churches there and the Arab Christian community. And I'm trying as much as I can to put them on the plate and to put them on the table in front of North American churches to understand uh, what are the best ingredients that we can enhance the work of those remnant faithful leaders and churches there on the ground so they can continue doing what's the best for the sake of the kingdom. Um, so that's, that's what we've been doing so far. And that's something actually, you know, with, with social media and all the virtual work and technology, we can do that as well. Uh, we can connect. I mean, if, if I hit the ground to a church and ministry, we can just go on Zoom, Skype a minister, a leader, uh, a church even there, and just we can connect. I think that is the, the simplest way to start that connection, that bond, before you get on the ground and meet the people in, in, in person. Exactly. And also, when you bring groups, you've been so many times in the Holy Land, and after connecting with the churches and pastors come the practical thing. What is unique with Salam in the Holy Land, that they do ministry work. They hands on ground doing and reaching the right connections. So when you connect with Salam, you connect with the people in the Holy Land. Give us an example of a ministry you have done with so many groups you came and what kind of ministry you do. Uh, of course, Andre, uh, you're, you're the best uh, in, in doing that. Get, get for the groups and for the ministry trips, uh, that touristic aspect of it, of course. Right. State, stateside, working alongside with twin stores, we covered the touristic element, the touristic schedule, and we got that good cover for us before we hit the ground and do any ministry with the locals. I think the prep work, as you said, the equipping part of it here stateside helps a lot. I mean, here breaks a lot of barriers, you know, soften the ground and the connection and the relationship to be established here stateside. So once we hit the ground, uh, while working with the leaders, while working with the group and training them and equipping them and helping them with the worldview, with the missional aspect, I think people will be much more comfortable when they hit the ground and get the ministry happening there in the land. So what we do, actually, uh, a, a church leader will come and tell me, uh, Ronnie, we want to work in the Galilee. We, 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 we want to serve uh, alongside a church that is reaching the youth, you know, the young generation. Uh, we connect. We establish the relationship myself with the local leaders that they're doing the ministry on the ground. Uh, we do the matchmaking here. It sometimes starts virtually, and then we get the word going and get the training happening. And then we go, I already prepare the ministry schedule. You on the touristic side, I'll prepare the ministry schedule in here. We'll work it alongside the locals in all aspects, even to the point of budget if needed. And then we go and we get the go, ball rolling, as they say here stateside. We get the ball rolling. Uh, of course, um, the ministry aspects will be embedded within the touristic side of it. So we'll have like a ministry during the day. Uh, alongside touring a couple of sites, for example. We've done that, Andre, many times. 
And that means and, the yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think one of the things that uh, we loved uh, doing uh, even uh, is just the breaking of bread. I mean, I mean, it's just uh, a good cup of coffee, a, a good meal with the local church uh, after a church service. It just it's it's the top. It's the best. And the people will not only tour the sites and the dead stones, but they will mix and learn from the living stones, and they will meet the believers in the land and their lives will change mostly when they come back we hear they forget about this site on that site they will always remember the relationships they will always remember the ministry part so what you do after the ministry part do you follow up with the churches this is the most important element uh, I think uh, when groups get back here stateside and everybody gets back to the norm and to the same cycle of life and to their busy schedules, uh, it's it's just it's this is one of the hardest elements of the whole the whole thing. Uh, Andre is to catch up with leaders, to catch up with church leaders and ministers and people, even group members. Uh, for the continuity of the relationship and the connections and the partnerships that they were established on the ground. Uh, it's just how do you, how you nurture that bond, how you yeah. nurture that relationship, how do you nurture that spark that was ignited when you hit the ground over there? Uh, and you don't, want to, you don't want it to fade out because you want to get that partnership continuing exactly. uh, and that relationship continuing, even, even on a virtual level, till you go back again, God knows when. Uh, I think is, that, that is, yeah, that is the hot, this is the most vital element. This is the hardest element. And, and that, that, that needs persistency on my side, at least as Ronnie and as well as Salam in the Holy Land uh, with the groups that they come back. Uh, so that's what we look forward uh, to uh, do. Uh, we've done that uh, with several groups so far. Uh, we, we've, we've heard a lot of feedbacks. We encourage people to share the story, share testimony. Uh, to share at the churches firsthand, at the Sunday school classes. And, uh, you know, church members and group members, they've done that, which is great. And some relationships have just sparked and continued uh, for a good amount of time. I think, Andre and Tony, you've done that really well. And, you know, a lot of church leaders and groups, they're still in relationship with your churches back in Jerusalem and as well with the ministries that you guys connected them. Right, Ronnie, this is a very healthy way of doing ministry is all about relationship and continuation of the relationship correct because many mission groups will come and do mission and leave and forget about it but with like you as a following up uh, salam in the holy land you just nourish these relationships and it benefits both sides Correct. Absolutely. When they meet with the people, they learn from them. They learn the culture. They learn how they live. It's so much like biblical times. And you continue following up with them. That brings a healthy relationship. And both of them, both sides will grow up spiritually. And yeah, that Andre, I think, sorry to interrupt. I think, Andre, you're, you're going with the flow of that thought is the touching part instead of touring. Right. The touching part and the relational part itself, it's an ABC in evangelism. It's an ABC in, in missions. Uh, as we say, as local you know, Christians from the land, it's about relationship. It's about time. For me, you and I, you know what time for us is all about. is relationship. is friendship. is genuine relationship one-on-one. And that's what we, what we are eager for people to have. It's not just to go and 
just check the box. Hey, I've done my mission trip. I throw some gospel grenades with the hopes. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I said gospel grenades. I'm sorry about that. I'm kind of used to that. Like I threw some, you know, missional kind of evangelistic pamphlet and leaflets there to people with hopes to save them. And I'm done with my job and that's it. And just I go and highlight that would make it a big production out of it. This is not it. This is not it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that sadly because people there in the land, uh, believers and unbelievers, they're used to that kind of a missional dynamic, which is not healthy. And it's, uh, that's one of the lessons as well, as we talked about lessons that I hope North American churches and mission agencies learn so far. And they're trying to implement things in the right, healthy way in order to connect, touch, establish a relationship. And continue that relationship. It's kind of like dating, as we say here in North America. It's like kind of dating. How do you nurture that spark? How do you nurture and build and build and build in that relationship with hopes that, you know, the consummation of that relationship and that bond is in marriage, right? How do you do that on the missional side of it with churches that are far away from you right now and that you're back in here on track with life? So how do you do that right uh, so that's what we try to do. That's what we try to encourage people. Uh, that's what we try to help get that spark continuing so there will be a healthy, effective ministry continuing there in the land and the cradle of Christianity. And when they have this healthy ministry, their perspective will change to the land. They will not get confused about the wars. Correct. They will understand the history, the culture, the people groups. They will be well-educated that they're going to take a healthy position out of understanding what is in reality what is happening in the land of the Bible. Yeah, and that's that's very vital. That's very crucial. And I think in the aftermath of the war, a lot of people are hopefully, hopefully will start doing that by investigating firsthand sources. Uh, most of churches, sadly, in here um, that I encountered throughout the war, they've been media-driven, uh, politically driven with a lot of things that, Sadly, they were not aware directly and indirectly. They were damaging and hurting the witness of the local Christian community there, at least the Arabic speakers, sadly. Um, so with hopes that with whatever we're doing here, me and you, Andre, and with Twin Store Stateside, we will bring some sort of, a, you know, enlightenment or highlighting uh, and just uh, and elevate that urgency uh, to get things right, you know, to serve in the right way. Ronnie, I want to tell you that no, I'm not aware of any ministry doing what you are doing. So this is a very special and very unique. And you are doing something that is needed in the among the churches in the United States. So how can people connect with you? Can you tell us? Uh, well, they can, of course, uh, they can go to our website, salaminthaholyland.com. I hope that you can put the information there. Yeah, they it can will check be our... in the description yeah. below. You can. They can follow us on our social uh, media as well, salaminthaholyland.com, uh, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all of that. And, you know, the book, Sharing Hope in the Holy Land, is out in Amazon. You know, grab it in your hand. Uh, if you want to schedule a workshop, a seminar, half a day, a day, I mean, you can connect us through, uh, make a booking out of, through the website as well. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the, those are the basics. Uh, of course, you're going you're gonna to pull all the information for everyone to connect. Right. What is the last words you want to tell the church in North America? What's on your heart, Ronnie, especially nowadays? I, I think uh, 
Um, one thing, and this is I'm going to share that uh, out of my experience working with churches um, for about 13 years of my life here stateside. Um, during the days when um, when ISIS uh, was there in the land and Christians were persecuted and people saw the atrocities uh, over there, uh, a lot of local leaders there in the Middle East and a lot of uh, local churches here stateside, uh, I heard uh, the term or the sentence is that the true face of Islam has been exposed. Uh, and, and that's one thing. Uh, in the aftermath of the conflict itself, and even this war, um, I, I've, I've heard it many times from overseas, uh, of their perception of the American Christian, American Christianity. Um, the perception is that the true face of Christianity or American Christianity has been exposed, sadly. I'm saying that from the negative perception. And I think um, as we... As North American churches, they have uh, in the back burner a lot of negative perceptions and negative uh, understanding about the Arab worldview, the Muslim worldview. Uh, I think nowadays uh, we have to pray, and I hope and I, pr I pray, and I'm going to continue praying, that American churches, the North American church, leaders, pastors, members, they will start fasting and praying and requesting from the Holy Spirit to remove the veil from their heart, off of their minds, out of their eyes, so they have the better sight that the people groups in the land, they deserve a true, genuine witness of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And that can happen through them, through their actions, through their words, and that it can happen through the remnant faithful believers there in the land, that they're still striving to maintain that witness to continue the work happening for the kingdom of God to the Arabic speakers. I think we're in a crucial junction, Andre, and I think the aftermath of this war, it's going to be vital for the North American church uh, in here stateside regarding what they're going to do if the borders, when the borders open. Uh, in yeah. the Middle East, and at least in the land. I like what you shared about the remnant Christians. You know, every time there's war happens, more Christians leaves the country. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's not much Christians left. Even when I'm saying Christians, I'm saying even only nominal Christians, like Greek Orthodox yes. Catholics. And imagine about the believers in the Holy Land, the remnant believers, the witnesses. So they are under, like, under really a lot of pressure. So this is what we need to stand with them, to connect with them in order for them not to leave, in order for them to be a witness. I think, and, and this is, this is again, I, I, I want to kind of uh, add more to my comment about um, what we're going to do in the aftermath of this war stateside in North American churches will be very vital for the continuation of the existence of the local Christian community there. Um, I, I, I think, and I've been hearing, and as I said, you know, you know better, Andre, and of course with, with Tony there, the news on the ground, how it's becoming very easy right now and very tempting uh, in the aftermath of this war as, as a Christian community to leave, to migrate, to get out of there. There's no more hope left. Right. It's just not, that's not a sense of life. And if North American churches and leaders and pastors are awaking 
and beginning that awakening nowadays during this war and the aftermath of the war that whatever actions, whatever words, whatever, you know, perception or stand or view towards what's happening there, it's going to affect the existence of the local Christian church there on the land. Wow. It's going to affect the future of the local Christian community. And I'm saying that both Arabic speakers and Jewish speakers. And for, for the sake of the ecstasy of end times and prophecies and all of that, imagine if Jesus comes back there to the land and he founds he's not finding his bride or what's left of the local body there. What's going to happen? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, and I'm, I'm saying this in a sense of who's going to be held accountable. I know there's a huge responsibility on the local Arabic churches there and Christian churches there in the land as a minority. I know. But what is going to be happening here stateside? It's going to affect the future and the continuation of the work of the local body there in the land. And you know that, Ronnie, the Jewish believers and the Christian Arab believers are the only witnesses that are needed for reconciliation and for real peace Absolutely. to take place. Because Absolutely. this is what is needed, especially yes. nowadays. And again, we it's it sounds like a it's, it's becoming like a cliche, Andre, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm. You know, people are praying for peace. Uh, people want to be peacemakers. Most of people nowadays, even stateside, that they're praying for peace and praying for the peacemakers there in the land. If the prince of peace and the true peace is going to reign in the hearts of both peoples, the continuation of the existence of the peacemakers in the land is so vital and so crucial. But what are you going to do when there's no more peacemakers there in the land? The bloodshed is going to continue. And the land is going to drown with blood. And sadly, I'm saying that innocent blood. And you know, guess what, Andre? Even believers, even believers in yeah. Jesus Christ's blood is going to be shed. Yeah. So that's something to consider. That's something to pray about, to fast, and to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, lead me. What do you want us to do here from abroad for the sake of your gospel, for the sake of your kingdom, to come there in the land where it all began. And this is now you're bringing more clarity to all the audience that it's time to act. It's enough watching the news, enough making decisions and this side or that side. It's the time to act, to increase the power of the kingdom of heaven on mm -hmm. earth, in Jerusalem, in Israel. So if God put on your heart to act and do something, please connect with Salam on the Holy Land. Please drop them an email, at least a message of like a connection or encouragement, or you want to learn more, or you want more to be educated about what's happening in present reality in the mm -hmm. land of the Bible among the believers, both Jewish believers and Arab believers in the land of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, and that's something that, of course, well, I'm I'm eager to to connect in the aftermath of uh, this time uh, with us, with you, Andre, and I. I'm, I'm really thankful for this opportunity that you've given us, and uh, we hopefully we can connect and uh, we can help you out 
and we can, you know, pray at least this, you know, there's something that you asked me about what we do, what we, uh, I, I love doing here in the aftermath of the trips is at least pray. Uh, we, that's the, the, the minimal that we ask people mm. when we connect uh, in, in whatever it is, is just to pray, to ask the Lord, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit, how to pray and to stand in the gap for my brothers and sisters there in the land so they can continue being light and sold to the land as ambassadors of peace to everyone. Thank you, Ronnie, for this message. Thank you for your heart, and God bless you. Thank you, Andre, for your time. I appreciate you.